the Charlton Daily. A Scotland Euro 2020 podcast by Hockey the Hack. Hello there and a very warm welcome to episode three of the Tartan Daily. Today we're going to be talking all about the wonder kid himself, Billy Gilmer. And I am buzzing to get the perspective of a football coach and manager who has known Billy since he was just a young lad and has watched his soaring ascent to the very pinnacle of the game, which has got my Champions League winner's medal before he turned 20 yesterday earlier on, just at the end of last month there. So from his roots in our drossing, Billy has already bagged a Champions League medal. I'm trying to remember what I was doing at 19. Certainly wasn't that. I'm pleased to say that the manager of Burnley, Sean Dyche, joins us for the chat. No, it's Sean Kenny, the manager of Ardia Thistle, who, as I say, has known Billy and his family since he was a young boy. How are you doing, Sean? Mate? I'm good, Stuart. Thanks for, thanks for having me on, but... Just be warned, I know what you were doing at 19, so I'm sure Dyche's comments been noted. Aye, that's fine. We don't want any skeletons coming out of the closet, mate. Not at this point in the in the run. Maybe, maybe when I'm about to sort of ramp it down, uh, then these things can begin to emerge, but no yet. So we're hitting the stride with these podcasts now, uh, lads and lassies. We have a kind of new format. So the day, obviously because it's a Saturday and Friday nights are Friday nights, then we're recording it just in the half hour building up to the Finland game because the Pookie party is starting, which all my Norwich fans will be right into alongside myself. They're very much my second team at these Euros. But the new format will be that on weekdays we will record in the mornings nice and early and make sure we get the podcast out in the audio format for people if they want to drive home for work and listen to it or whatever. Um, you can obviously watch the YouTube stream back as well if you want, but for a lot of people, it's a lot, lot better just listening back in the car or whatever. That's that sort of thing. So we're going to have it in the weekdays. That's a nice smooth thing. Record early, get them out by five o'clock at the very latest, so that can, people can listen on the commute back. Um, have you got any of the podcasts yourself yet, Sean? That we've been been doing. Um, or is this is this the first one? No, I watched. The, I seen the first one. I spoke to you. Um... I watched. I watched the first one. It was really, really good. It's good to get the boys' um, opinions and everything. Well, it's, it's good to get two actual decent commentators that are good enough to be working on the Euros, and then you've got we out of work Joe here, who's just spending his summer doing a podcast to keep himself happy. So happy days. That's your words, That's your words, <laughs> not mine, mate. Anyway, we're not here to talk about me. We're not here to talk about <laughs> you, mate. Um, we're here to talk about we Billy Gilmer. Now, I think the excitement going into the tournament is about how Scotland just seem to have a crop of players now that is worth getting excited about. And I think that's good. Hello to everybody on the comments in the chat, by the way. Um, thanks for saying hello. It's obviously make yourselves known. Get some questions in for me and Sean. We'll find out everything that we can about, about wee Billy during this chat. we good to get your insight, mate, because I know that you've been a friend of the family and you've been aware of his talent since he was a young age. But at what age would you say it was kind of apparent that there was something a bit different about Billy, you know, um, because I mean, we're talking about, I, I would say, I mean, definitely in Ayrshire, where we're from, that this is a generational football talent we're talking about, isn't it? I think the, f- the first time, well, we, I'm, I'm really, I'm good pals with his dad, but his dad's name is Billy as well. I'm good pals with his dad, and um, when I would go and watch local junior team, went in overs, you would see the wee man there. Um, but the first time when you think it was the ball, then the first the first time you think, wow, is 
there was a video that came out and um, it was outside an AstroTurf down at Stanley, right across from his house. But I don't know, it's been AstroTurfs are like with the big cages. Um, and Billy was outside the AstroTurf and he's took a corner kick over the AstroTurf fence and put it into the goal. And that wow. sounds all right, but I'm telling you, if you can find that video, that, 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 I'm sure that's on YouTube. That reminds me, do you, do you remember there was a clip years ago and it was, I think it was a, an advert in Japan and Shinsuke Nakamura shoots it through like two windows of a moving bus. Was It, it was kind of like the real life version of that happening in front of you. It, it's meant, see, see when it done that, you think, wow, well, something, something's happening here. Um, but that that's always, I'm, I'm sure it was in Soccer AM. I'm sure it was. Mm-hmm. And it, it must have been 14, 15 back then. Um, and I've tried that so many times and I've nearly knocked the fence down if I took that many times. Um, I just lost balls over the railway and never got them back, <laughs> mate. Right. But if you just think an acid tough fence, I'm doing that, it's, you know, there's something special there. Granted. And when did the, I mean, I think, I seem to remember a wee bit of chatter. So obviously he was picked up by Rangers when he was younger. But I think there was a wee bit of buzz round about here um, about him maybe when he was sort of 15, 16. So maybe not too long after when you're talking about. And then obviously he moves on, goes down to Chelsea. And he's only going to get that move if he's a special talent. But to draw a parallel, Celtic had a young striker. I think he was Somali and Islam Farouz, who got picked up by Chelsea years ago, who was meant to be the next big thing. And we've never really heard about him again. Whereas Billy goes down and Billy's breaking into the first team, having a dominant impact in first team games and bagging himself a Champions League winner's medal when he's 19, which is, I mean, it's it's a phenomenal thing to do. But I think the other thing for me is it's like when you grow up around about here, you see players and, and we know football players who go on and, and they're decent and they have good careers either at junior level or amateur level or whatever. But to see somebody and, and some that go on and have like a, a solid professional career, you know, like re- really, really good professionals that play at a decent standard and maybe earn some decent money for the game. I cannot remember in my lifetime somebody feeling about here that goes on, and particularly in the modern era of football, has gone on to become a superstar of the global game. And that's the talent ceiling that we're talking about for Billy Gilmer, isn't it? It's because, I mean, he's at Chelsea the new. He's having an impact in the game. And I've seen him playing games with Chelsea where he has been the fulcrum of everything that's going on for them. You know, like, and to have that kind of influence when he's a teenager in the first teams, it's pretty remarkable. But to do that and coming for an about here, that there's there's something in my brain, and I don't know. This is maybe part of the problem with the Scottish psyche, right? Ah, there's something doesn't marry up with me about how you just go for kicking a ball, watching your dad play for Winton Rovers, and then you're in the fringes of superstardom at the at the real top table of the global game. You know, like that's. Just, just doesn't seem to compute with me. So, so how has he managed to go on and do that? What, what that is is probably everybody's dream that that's a football guy. It's it's everybody's dream, and he's not finished. By the way, he's not he's not finished. He's he's not even scratched the surface of what his plans are for his career. He's he's, he's very driven. He's very focused, and determined. And so where, where does that come from? That side of it then. Like the the focus, the determination, that drive, you know, is that is that something that his dad instilled in him, or was it just part of Billy's makeup? If he was a young boy, I, thought, I, I think it's a, 
It probably is part of his makeup, but I still think stuff like that comes to your family. Um, his mum and dad, um, are, they, they've just they've had them everywhere. Um, they, they take them here, there, wherever games are. There. And there's a lot of dads like that out there and mums out there, sorry, and grandparents. Um, that, that's part of it, but they take them everywhere. They back them everywhere. Um, Billy, Billy's dad really pushed him on, obviously being a football guy. And a, and a good footballer as well. Billy Senior was, was a good player. Um, and, and there is a bit of similarity. Don't get me wrong. Billy was good, but he was, he was never one of the Champions League good. Although I did hear he was saying to young Billy that it doesn't count because he never played. So <laughs> I'll leave that. That's their <laughs> argument and I'll leave that with him. I was watching the thing that says um, they always, they always uh, competed to see who was the best Gilmer. Aye. And Billy had, young Billy had says to him after Champions League, surely I'm the best now. And he says, never played. It's an accountant. <laughs> so, but that, that's a wee sort of thing that, that still pushing it. And obviously it's lighthearted and, it, and it's fun, but still a wee competitive. And, and I, I coached, I say I coached, I had Billy Senior at over 35s. And when we went at over 35, it was meant to be couple of the guys that don't play anymore, getting the boots back on. Um, we'll get a kick about with all the old mates and all things like that. Um, not too serious. We'll go out and we'll enjoy getting getting a kick about again. Mm-hmm. It wasn't long before there was arguments in the changing rooms, Billy Senior. <laughs> Usual. We had won, we remember one, we had won a game, we were playing against our rivals and uh, we had won a game, we were, I think we were 4-2 up and uh, I decided to sort of just shut up, shut up shop a wee bit. And it went 4-3. And Billy had come in after it and he wasn't happy. Um, and it, it wasn't happy how we never just kept going for it and going for it and going for it. Yeah. So we had a wee argument about that. And but that's, that's just usually the kind of drive that's there as well, doesn't it? Exactly. Like, exactly. I had an, argue, an argument with him, but I loved it. I loved that sort of drive and determination. And I'm, it's no a coincidence. It's not, and it's also no a coincidence that the younger brother Harvey is also he's smashing it at Kilmarnock just now. And, so, so uh, what, what is it like? I mean, is that is it a god? Like, because it must be a combination of God-given talent and you know, like a real focus. You know, because well, there's so sure. many there's so many kids fearing about here that just want to go like sort of doing the usual things that probably me and you did, getting drunk and stuff. Like, not really having that focus on trying to make the best of their sporting ability. You know, and it takes it. Takes an incredible single-mindedness and discipline to actually do that to reject all the other stuff and to go and make sure you make the best of becoming a football player. Hundred percent. But as I see, you go back to you go back. You talk about the dedication. You go back to that video that I mentioned earlier on. I'm sure Billy never done that in the first take, crossing out of that fence and straight into the goal. I'm sure I've practiced and practiced and practiced, and that's an indicator. If that's somebody now he's younger. He's not going to ease up. He's only going to step up. One of the one of the guys, the more the opportunity comes for him, and then he's going to push on and push on. And he's obviously to, to move to London for Drossen at the age he did. Yeah, that's massive, quite a massive step for anybody. It's a massive upheaval. Like, I mean, I moved abroad when I was in my late teens as well. And abroad, London, sort of abroad. Uh, <laughs> I actually did move like, sort of fully abroad, but going anywhere when you're at that young age is a pure upheaval and particularly Billy was a good few years younger than me when he did it and it doesn't matter all the kind of different things that you've got because obviously at Chelsea there's a good infrastructure there, a lot of support 
all of that kind of thing. But it's a massive culture shock. You're going for Drossen, Taylor. <laughs> one of the biggest metropolises in the world, you know? Um, and it's, it's just it's just an incredible story. I just think it's a real sort of feel-good thing. I mean, for this area, like, everybody is buzzing for him. And when that guy uh, came on for, for Luxembourg and absolutely cleaned him out, you know, like, I, I tweeted the whole Ayrshire's now getting honours to Billy Gilmer. Honours for anyone that's not... Uh, conversant in the parlance is um it's handles it basically means that if if he got involved in a fight we'd all we've all got his back um and i like i mean i think the whole airship was behind him it's like what what are you doing <laughs> right and the luxembourg guy actually had a couple of his brothers like on the pitch with him but i'm pretty sure the whole airship would have jumped in a boat and gone and done what they needed to do to make sure we billy was all right but that's the other thing about him because having been brought up and the hard knocks and the kind of the rough and tumble of what the game's like when you just have a kickabout up here. Even though he's this gifted technician, he's not going to shirk a 50-50. And I imagine, like, I mean, you know his dad better than me, if he was to to crap it out a tackle or a 50-50, I imagine his dad would absolutely go through him, would he not? Well, his dad's, his dad's probably about a similar height as Billy He's not tall. Um but what his dad was, it was, was a lovely football player, really good in the ball, same way Billy is, really good in the ball. But his dad was a hard a hard tackler, would, would go and everything into the tackle. And do I want to tell you something? Some young Billy doesn't get the credit for, because he's, he's like that as well. People don't people just see this nice player and bouncing it and moving and things like that. He no, that's that. what I mean. I, I, I see that in him. I know, definitely. But he, he does the dirty side and, and some... See, I think that's what some people think. We're talking about the Euros and we're saying uh, he's not a luxury player by any means. He's he's somebody that will dig in. He'll dig in first. Mm-hmm. He'll, he, he'll know how to back and wait for somebody else to do it. He'll go and he will put his mark in the game when he win the ball back and he'll play it. He's not waiting for, for one of his big mates to put in a tackle and then just give him the ball. He'll go and take the ball. Mm-hmm. No, that's right. We had a, a thing in the comments that came up. I was talking about Islam Farouz, and I, I don't, I wasn't actually aware of this myself. I've no research, but Stuart says um, Islam Farouz retired from football to become a hat designer. Not joking. Um, maybe you could do a bit of sun hat, to be fair, Sean. It looks like you've got a good tan in this weather, mate. I'm just back from watching a game of football, and <laughs> believe it or not, I was sitting in shade. <laughs> Couldn't have been very good shade then. I. It's just like, see the effect though that I'm getting is like the whole local area is absolutely buzzing for Billy Gilmer and we're really excited to see. And then looking at it in a wider sort of premise, I did a poll, um, nothing massively scientific about this, but I put it out last night where I asked, should Billy Gilmer start against the Czechs? And 71% of respondents to my poll said that I should. Um, I'm probably going to come out with what may be a semi-controversial opinion then I wouldn't like to throw him in to that first game as a starter I I, I mean I think he would do fine and I think that in terms of the technical level of the team it might actually improve it, I think Callum McGregor's looking a bit jaded at the moment and I think bringing him in for McGregor could actually give Scotland something a bit different but I just he's going to have like a decade and more as one of the main players in the Scotland team. I mean, and in years gone past, 
like 23 years ago and, and going further back, you would be like, yeah, his chance will come round again. It might not. <laughs> That's what we have to be aware of being Scotland fans. But we're hoping that it will. We're hoping we're at the beginning of a, a more positive time for the national team. And I, I think, I, I don't know, I think it would be a bit early to fling him in. And I don't think he'll start anyway. Like I don't think Steve Clark will start him. But what would you do? Because you're, you're an actual manager. You make these decisions. See, just... Um... We did this all the time, Hodge. We're doing great and then we fought it. <laughs> I know, it's me. That is, it always happens, doesn't it? Right, go. One, one question I've got for you. Who's your favourite Scotland player in your lifetime? James McFadden. Many tournaments you played in. Right, we covered that in episode one. For him that's no listen, go back and do so. Rory Hamilton and Andy Barge, two commentators working on it. Really, really good uh, episode. We talked about Shea Adams yesterday. Also, good fun, good insight from, from his time in the non-league coming up to this point. Uh, yes, I know that James McFadden has never played in a tournament, and I feel for just, him. Just on, your point about, just on your point about the next one, Noah. but I, do get, I get what you're saying. My, my, my thing for Billy is, but the biggest thing for me, and by the way, I like Cal McGregor. I think Cal McGregor's a smashing player. Me too. But what I think with Billy is, we're not going to be constantly on the front foot we're not going to be constantly, we're not going to be, we're not France, we're not going to be pummeling teams. So what that means is when we've got the ball, we need to keep the ball. And I don't think there's any in the Scotland squad who's better than that. I, I don't care what age is. I, no, that's fair. I, that, that, that I don't is fair. think he's playing because he's age. I'm thinking when we've got the ball, we need to take really good care of the ball. And, and Cal, Cal McGregor is a now, good there's, there's two. There's two sides to that, right? So see what you're saying there. I think you're spot on. There's two sides to that. There's keeping the ball in terms of the way that you distribute it. But what Billy's amazing at, right? There's there's two things stick out for me in terms of his ability. One is that in terms of making an angle for the pass, right? So making yourself available at an angle where the pass will get to you and somebody will only intercept it. See his intelligence making those angles. Like Pythagoras is brilliant. And it's reminiscent of, I know you say he's a big Fabregas fan, Xavi, Iniesta, all of that kind of stuff. Like, he, he seems to have that thing from the kind of, the, the real, like, pinnacle of the ticky-tacky era. Like, he, he does seem to have all of that kind of, all of the hallmarks of the game. The other thing that he does is, you know players control a ball and then take a touch into space? The touch that Billy takes to control the ball takes him into the space. And that is... That is a simple, simple thing and, and a very sort of a small thing that you might only kind of notice if you're looking for it. But that buys you half a second or a second to take your time and look for what you're going to do. And it's those little bits of his game that make him a magical player for me. I, I totally agree. See, see what you want for your centre mid. On in possession, you want a centre mid who knows when to play forward and a centre mid who knows when to keep it and just keep it, maybe play a centre half. Keep the ball, slow the game down, dictate the tempo. Billy's more than capable of doing that. He's a young boy, but he studies, as I said, he studies these guys, the Fabregas and things like that. He studies football and, and he knows. He has an experience and he's got a lot to learn, of course he is. But he's, he's no a, a young boy that just shows up in the morning, does his training and then gets home. He studies football and he's clever and he knows when 
right, we're under a wee bit of pressure. Let's keep the ball, slow everything down, or else we're on the front foot here. Give me it, give me it off the centre half, buy into the striker. He can do he can do that all these passes. He's mm-hmm. smart and again he can hold his shape, but he can also break. He can also get up and support the, the strikers as well. Mm-hmm. For me, it just it really does. It tips every box. The only reason that Billy wouldn't play, in my opinion, is because of his age. And that's I don't think that's right. It's not so much age, it's to do with experience and getting kind of thrown into it and how sort of well he's, he's been kind of melded into because international football is different from club football. You're not training with these people week in, week out. He's not had a lot of exposure to being put in with these groups and also playing with them in, in match day situations. The other thing, and this, this same argument applies probably more so for Nathan Patterson, is there's not been a massive amount of first-team football under the belt. And Billy, it's been more spaced out over a longer period. But with Nathan Patterson, it's, it's been only like really a few months of football. Now, is he a better player than O'Donnell? Going forward, definitely. And defensively, he's a bit quicker, which can obviously get him out of like, a few problems. Um, if he gets beat or whatever, pace can, can obviously make up for a few faults. But I can understand why you would play Stephen O'Donnell and I understand why you would play Callum McGregor. Now, I think if we need to get a result going into the Croatia game, that's when I think Steve Clark changes it and just goes, Do you know what? Right, let's go for it. And I think that's the way it'll go. Uh, I don't I don't really see it happening any other way. But that brings us quite sort of neatly on to what I, I kind of like to sort of finish up on. Um, so I'll ask you that in a minute. But what, one, one thing I would ask first, j- just in terms of Billy and in terms of the development of his game in the kind of season coming forward, do you think he'll benefit for another season kind of on the fringes of it at Chelsea? Or do you think there's a kind of desire between him, his representatives, his family, the club as well, um, to, to try and get him a loan move and get him proper regular first team exposure next season. I think the type of boy that he is, he's he's looking to get in that Chelsea team. I think Do you think he stands a chance under Tuchel? I think for the Chelsea manager to put again we'll go back to a boy his age on the bench for a Champions League final. Starting yep. against Man City just for it and I know maybe change the squad a wee bit. Mm-hmm. They're big signs of faith. I mean, I it's all right saying he's put him on the bench for the Champions League final, but what that also does, it drops an experienced player out of the, mm-hmm. out of the squad. So it's not a case of oh, as a wee total gesture, flying him on the bench. He's obviously earned and he's obviously in there. Now, I'm not wishing anything on Andy, by the way. A wee injury, anything. You don't know what gets you in the, in, in, on the park. You do well at pre-season. I've never guess again at pre-season. Go and watch a place then, like... And that's what, he, that's what young Bill will be thinking, in my opinion. He'll be thinking, I just need to go in the park, which he will do, he will do with a pre-season. I mean, that's the manager's first pre-season. So he might mm-hmm. get on the park and, and blow the manager away. He's obviously impressing him in Aye. the games that he's been involved in. And so, he had, like, and even mean, before Tuchel's arrival, if you look under Lampard, so many games Billy Gilmore would come in and run that Chelsea team. Like, run. He thought really highly of Billy. Mm-hmm. That says a lot because I mean we're talking about a midfielder who's one of the best his generation, you know. I think he was he was really good to Billy. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking to his dad about it, he, he was really good. He was a big fan of him. I mean, Billy was in, Billy was injured start start the season, and he was desperate to get back. And 
he's Fajio saying six weeks, Billy saying four weeks, Lampard saying slow down, just slow down. We want mm. you back, but we want you back right. Whereas young Billy just that keen, he's desperate to get back in that park. That's understandable. You want that. You want that for a young player, though. And it should no, of course, be Lampard would have loved it. Aye, and that I think that says a lot. The, the, how do you think his journey's been so far like, in terms of the way he's been brought on like I mean what, what what's the you, your impression of like his time at Rangers like, with, with the please with his time in the Rangers Academy and then obviously going down to Chelsea it seems like so far his pathway has, has been pretty smooth to be honest it's the, the Chelsea thing well before this injury he was probably a year or two before ahead of where he should be mm-hmm. um, it, the, the plan was the there was wasn't it for him to be here right now where he is. That wasn't a plan, and that's how he's going. Again, Chelsea, you don't get anything for free. Like you go down and you earn it. No, you go down and you have ability. He's a he's a he's a great boy. He's a lovely boy. He's so well mannered. But that doesn't get you on the football park. He's been doing, and he's impressed people. I know a lot more about football than me, and he's, mm-hmm. he's been doing, and he's done great, and he's been boosted up and boosted up, and he's he's it did go that way, and then he got the injury. And um, I think it was against Crystal Palace he got the injury. And obviously that was his first sort of blow. But he's come back and obviously the manager changed things like that. Um, there was obviously talk in January. I don't know if it was just paper talk. I didn't, didn't ask him about that. Um, about a loan. Um, but the managers obviously wanted to keep him. And he's he's used them. And again, he's, he's got his rewards, how hard he's worked. Because... As a youth player, you pick up an injury, new manager comes in and says, oh, come here, you go. Like, nothing against you, but I've got, I've got pros here, senior senior members of the squad. Well, you, you've got an incredibly good player to get into that team at that age as well. Now, you, you know, point. like, if you, N'Golo Kante is your competition. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Who's the best in the business at his role? Mm-hmm. Like, That's so, yeah. Aye. And Chelsea don't care what age he is. Like Chelsea on the that that that's my thing, right? That's my thing. So like, in terms of us having an argument about whether he should start, that the, this this is your point is if Chelsea think he's good enough for a fair amount of the time, then he's good enough for Scotland. And I, I totally understand why people don't think he should start there, by the way. I, I, I do totally get I'm just, that. I, I don't want to I don't want to fling him in and something to go wrong. Like, there is that reticence, you know what I mean? To be honest, he sounds like he's strong-minded enough that, say he did make an error that led to a goal, right? I don't think it would ruin him, you know? Like, and there is some kids that that would be them, they'd be done. Like, how many careers have you seen undone by a moment like that? I don't think Billy's that fragile. I don't get that impression. Like, he seems to be quite strong-minded. Is that is that fair? I think that, I don't, again, we're seeing kids. That happens to senior players. Senior players can make true. a mistake and, and you... And they don't recover from it. But Billy's going to make mistakes. We spoke about his careers went up the way. It's not going to keep going like that. There is going to be bumps in the road. That's no like, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's going to happen at the Euros, by the way, and I hope it doesn't. And I really hope it doesn't. But if it, if it was to happen, mm-hmm. I believe he could cope with it. I don't have a problem with that. He's got a great family. He's got a great support around him. And that, that's, that's his biggest thing for me. Everything he's got is, is how he was brought up, the practice he put in. I mean, we're talking about the, 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 the practice he's put in, but that was his mum and dad and his uncles and his grandparents, and his uncles and aunties, sorry, and his grandparents, put in to take him to training and 
because his, da- his dad was in the Navy, so he wasn't always here to take him. So it then falls on to aunties and uncles, and it falls on to grandparents and all that. That's, that's he's, got a, he's got a great unit about him. So, and I tell you, we're talking about what happens when you go down and we get lifted back up. See, when he wins the Champions League, he's he the first one to slag him and say he doesn't count to play. <laughs> so they're going to they're going to lift him up if things go if things go wrong as well. So well, it keeps you on a level. It's like don't get too carried away, but don't get too yes. doing either. You know, and and I think that's that's what having a good good structure around about you does. Um, just before I come on to get you to do your predictions, because why go off just sort of in time for for the Finland game kicking off? Because the Pookie party's about to start. And by the way, no Scotland, no party either. Uh, do you have any wee stories or stuff that people might not know about Billy that they've not heard yet? Um, and that you can maybe tell us that just illustrates how this kid has gone from kicking a ball um, in Stanley Rodner Drossen to, I mean, the Euros, Champions League glory, all of that stuff. I think, well, we've just spoken about mentality and bouncing back and things like that after it was to go on. When, just after he moved to Chelsea, I was with his dad. And I was speaking to his dad and they were just talking a wee bit about the move and things like that. And mm-hmm. It was Billy's decision. The family were all, they were all with him, but it was his decision. And Billy, senior, and his mum Carrie were speaking to him and says about, obviously, big move to London and moving away. The stuff you spoke about, it's going to be a big step for you. I'll, I'll never forget the answer that he told, like he told his dad and his dad told me. He says... Messi left home when he was young to become the best player in the world. Ronaldo left home when he was young to become the best player in the world. I'm going to go and leave him. That was it. That mentality for a young boy. That's, that's brilliant. It's special, isn't it? That is. And, that's seen to be that strong and that, that focused and that determined. And that's inspiring as well, by the way. Yeah. It's really inspiring, isn't it? It's like it's proper no, you're right. You're absolutely right, mate. Brilliant. Right. What I like to get people to do at the end um, when they come on is to give us their predictions. Uh, so, I mean, the, the one other bit of Scotland news that's come out this week that I just want to touch upon is the decision that they're going to take the knee against England. Don't even really want to talk about it that much. But, I mean, there seems to be a lot getting made about the politics roundabout football um, rather than the football itself. For the most part on this show, unless it becomes impossible not to, then we're going to keep it just to talking about the football. But yes, um, I want you to tell me what you, results you think we'll get and uh, across the group games and who like the, you, you think are going to be the kind of scorers and stuff. Um, so not necessarily per game, but if you know someone, if you think someone's going to get one goal in the tournament, a couple of goals in the tournament, whatever it might be, that sort of thing. So what's the result going to be against the Czech Republic, Sean? Good old Scotland. Good man. Who's scoring? I think Shea Adams will score, and I've got a feeling Ryan Fraser might be involved. I think it might be Fraser and Adams. Nicely done. Right, uh, that lot, down at Wembley, down Wembley way. They uh, want to Scotland. Oh. I'm going I think you've I'm been out in the sun it. too long, mate. I think you've been out too long. Right, okay, tell you what, love it. Right, first guy you say we're going to beat England. Who's going to score? I'll say your big pal Hanley because I've, I've, I've gave him a bit of stick so I think big Grant Hanley will shut me up I think he'll score against England Outstanding um, that you've got no idea how pleased that will make me but, I mean I, I'll, be, I'll be making content galore for the Norwich fans that day 
<laughs> I know what that would be for you if Grant Hanley scores against England. If Kenny, if Kenny McLean and Grant Hanley were your two scorers, if Kenny hadn't got injured, then I mean, I would just be in a box after the game. Um, it's a different type of show. <laughs> <laughs> right, aye. Who, who else? Who's, who's getting the second for us? Uh, Ryan Christie. Ryan Christie will play against England. Ooh. Right, cool. Uh, and Croatia. Unfortunately, they won't finish in maximum points, so that'll be one each. Right, and the scorer? I'll say James Forrest. <laughs> John McGinn not troubling the scorers. Surprised by that, my man. Right, starting 11 for the if first You'll score in the final. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm loving this. See if we go all the way, by the way, you're coming back on. Um, <laughs> he, so, uh, uh, Stuart just coming in saying if Hanley scores, I'll not be able to contain my mother. I don't think I'll be able to contain myself, mate. Uh, <laughs> so, la- last thing is, starting 11 for this first game, um, what what you think Steve Clark will go for, and then anything you would do to, to maybe change it? I think I think we go with the the back three. My big sort of debate is whether you play McTominay in there. Um, I thought he'd done really well for us in there um, in, the, in the playoffs. Fell asleep against Serbia. And in the corner, he did, he did. But I thought it was it. I, I, I so did I. I thought he, I thought he was great for the most part. I'd probably give him a wee bit of stick when he was playing with Scotland, but I thought it was excellent that day. And I was gutted for him a wee bit because I felt like he'd just won everybody over and then he fell asleep for that one. And as much as it shouldn't happen, it does happen sometimes. I felt mm-hmm. really bad for the boy. But he's been he's been really good for Scotland since then. He has. Um, I, I, would, I would maybe have him, Tierney and... Desperate for me to say Hanley. I don't mind. So, it's, your, it's your choice, so, mate. So I'll say Gallagher instead. McTominay <laughs> <Like Tom laughs> on the right, dealing the left, a big guy. So you think Steve Clark is going to play a Scotland defence without Grant Hanley? He's not. I, th- I, I think I think Gallagher's done great by against Mitrovic. He was unbelievable. He was unbelievable. I, I, I've already said that in episode one. I said you know, about Gallagher. I thought he was absolutely brilliant, and I think. And I mean, my my first choice would be O'Donnell, Hanley, Gallagher, Tierney, Robertson. That would be my first choice, like based on the way he's played. Jack Henry's obviously scored the goal against the Dutch, so that's impressed people. But I think positionally, still no no quite at it. Um, McTominay going back there and then moving Hanley in the middle to be the stopper is also an option. But Grant Hanley will play because Grant Hanley's Scotland's. Probably like the the best defender that we've got that's playing in the Scotland team in a kind of regular basis right now. Liam Cooper's obviously had a really good season, uh, and an interesting point that was made uh, in the first pod as well was: is there a bit of bias against left foot centre backs? So, because what I said was, if Liam Cooper wasn't a left sided centre back, then. I mean, he, he would probably definitely be on the team, but obviously Tierney's there and that gives us such a, a really interesting left flank and that we've basically got two fullbacks bombing up there. Uh, but <clears throat> I think if Liam Cooper was a right-sided centre-back, you might be more inclined to slot him into the middle, you know? That, that was the point that was made, whereas what I said was, is he's maybe not an actual stopper. So that's why he's not 
he's not getting put across there. But I, th- I think that's that's an interesting area of the team when it comes to decisions. But anyway, we're going through your eleven. Let's go into the midfield. How's that? How's that looking? Um, well, Billy plays. I can't even play him now after all that. Um, <laughs> I would say Billy, John McGinn, and. I think I think for the first game, it could be Billy John McGinn and Callum McGregor. I so think that, that McTominay you didn't put at the back, did you? So uh, McTominay's right centre half. Oh, he's right centre half, right? McTominay's cool. right centre half. Aye. I th- I think Callum McGregor and Billy w- would still give that solid back back protection, keep the ball really nice, yeah. and McGinn yeah. and McGinn gets on. Possibly, I like Stuart Armstrong, um, and and I get, my thing is, I think he'll play Ryan Christie. Um, I think mm. Christie gets in the team and I understand Christie works really hard Christie had a bad season at Celtic but Christie also played the opposition for the full season at Celtic now yeah, his body but... language and things like that it doesn't matter what position you're playing there's a lot of stuff no good enough but he's not going to play on the right hand side for Scotland he'll be playing off a striker working on Steve Clark shutting down the way that they've done it I've got a feeling they might go Fraser and, and uh, Shea Adams. I think Lyndon Dykes might be unlucky in really? the first game. I think Shea Adams is your number one striker. Aye, that Lyndon, seems to be the We did a poll on it leading into yesterday's podcast and the vast majority of people agree with that. They, they think Adams is the, the, the first name up front now. And uh, that that is a bit of a shame for Dykes because he obviously became a cult hero for for a space of time, and he's, he's beginning to hit form again at the end of the season after a, a really long period without goals for QPR at one stage this season. Um, there, there was a long time that he was struggling to score, and all the goals I think he had up to that point were probably mainly penalty kicks. And then he went on a wee bit of a hot run to end the season. But against Luxembourg, he missed a lot of chances. So what I said was, I'm just hoping he's getting all the misses out of the way, but at the same time, I mean, he didn't look like he was ready to just sort of take a chance, you know. And but I, I, I also kind of think he could go in and bag a double against the Czechs. Like I don't think that's unfeasible, you know. Uh, I, and I, I really she... like Diggs. My, my Dykes, my dad calls the hundred percenter, like because he just sees him. And like my dad's not a massive football fan or anything like that, but he just sees him and he's like, this guy's committing 100%. And he just loves that, you know? And I, I think I, dad's I'm right. a lot of time for that because he he's a total 100% commitment. I think it's a perfect description, which actually brings me on to another thing that I did on Twitter. Um, so I'm doing this thing, hashtag Hooseponditry, right? Because I'm watching a lot of the Euros game, like the Euros games with my family. And that leads to some very interesting discussions like Giorgio Chiellini looks like a painter with a hangover and stuff like that. So if you get any hashtag hooseponditry that happens during the Euros, please tweet it with that hashtag, right? And then I'm going to do a wee look for that every day before I come on the pod. So if anybody listening to this or watching it, if there's any good chat in your house that's just random like that, please get it on. And get it up on Twitter, and I'll I'll definitely redo it in the pod. That's a promise for me to you. So, there been any good house punditry in the Kennedy Kenny house, mate? <clears throat> I, I just I, just seen Robbie Savage just come on my tailor there, and I don't think I'll be able to tell you. My dad calls him, so I think I'm going to make it. <laughs> I'm going to keep it clean. Keep I'll, it I'll tweet you. <laughs> I know that's fine. Um, I know. I mean, Robbie Savage. There's um, 
Aye, there's there's a lot better pundits getting not getting gigs than Robbie Savage, who and he has obviously got a got the kind of flagship gig covering wheels. But listen, um, I've not got really much more to run by you, mate. Thank you for sparing some time today. I hope you enjoy the rest of your Saturday. To anyone that has watched and listens to the podcast, thank you very very much. I'll get this up the podcast tubes. ASAP. Tomorrow we'll be focusing on the opposition for the first game, the Czech Republic. We'll be doing a deep dive with Czech journalist Thomas Danishek, who will be coming on the podcast to tell us all about their squad, basically, and how they feel about Scotland and how he expects the game to go. So it'll be interesting to get the perspective of our first opposition and to learn a bit about them. Because other than what I've sort of read and, and kind of looked at about their squad, don't really know that much. So getting that insight for someone who watches them all the time will be absolutely key. But I hope you've enjoyed finding out a bit more about Billy Gilmore, the mentality, um, and what makes the kids so special. So thank you, Sean, for giving us your insights on that score, mate. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, mate. And all the best with the, with the rest of the podcast. And, and obviously, I've promised to do them every day, mate. I, I don't know what I was playing at, but um, <laughs> at, least, at least I'm sticking with it so far. So, uh, aye. Like, I mean, if Scotland go, maybe it'll be a relief, you know, because then I don't need to do it. But, like, if you expect me to get to the final and, like, and, and doing these, and it's going to be some run. I'll say that much. But anyway, you thank you very much. What, sorry, mate? You'll do great if you get to the final. <laughs> don't know if I'll last that long, to be honest. Um, thank you very much to everyone that has uh, watched and listened. Please do get in touch with your comments, your thoughts and stuff. And if you have enjoyed this, then please share it with people and please let them know about the podcast because I'm trying to build a wee audience for it. It's obviously a short-running thing. Um, to everyone that's got involved in the chat, thank you very much. And I'm just going to ping on my wee video now that says goodbye and gives you instructions on that. But thank you to Sean. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all of our listeners and viewers, and thank you from me. Thank you for watching today's Tartan Daily. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll be doing each of these every day during the Euros, as long as Scotland are in the tournament. Remember, you can find me, I'm Hodgy the Hack, that's H-O-D-G-E-Y the Hack, on all social media. So that's Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. If you were watching the stream on YouTube today, then please remember to hit the bell for notifications of future streams. And if you're listening on the podcast, then you can subscribe on your major podcast players and please give a rating or a comment saying how much you enjoyed it. And remember, if you're enjoying these podcasts, then please share them with all your friends. Thank you very much for watching or listening. And remember, no Scotland, no party.